What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Astros Baseball. Sitting in for Rob today, I am your host, Tom. And today, it is, as you all know, it's the offseason, Major League Baseball, your World Series champion, Houston Astros. Everyone's trying to make their teams better. There's a few different ways to do it. You can definitely do it in the free agent market. You can make some trades. There's a lot of stuff moving. There's a, there's a lot of stuff happening right now with Major League Baseball with that respect. But there is a third way to do it. There is a Rule 5 draft. It is something that I am, I am a little not... A little not. That sounded horrible. It is something that I'm not well versed in, but in order to talk more about it, I've got somebody that can help me with it. Uh, a writer for at Inside Astros, Kenny Van Dor. Kenny, how you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love the Rule Five Draft. I, I honestly can't wait for it. I just like to see who the Astros get, and you know, maybe some of those guys who end up on another team. Okay, so let's start out just just very simple. Tell me a little bit about the Rule 5 draft, how it works. I know there's a deadline. There's so much to it. Break it down for me. Yeah, it's different every year. You just kind of have to add a year, you know, after each season passes. And the best way to kind of understand it is go by the draft year. So in 2019, any player that was drafted out of college in 2019 is eligible for the Rule 5 draft this season. A couple guys, you know, in the Astros system, only three guys from the top 30 were actually Rule 5 eligible, according to MLB Pipeline. Um but anyone who's drafted in 2019 is Rule 5 eligible. Then when you look at international prospects and then high school guys, it's you have to be – players are assigned at age 18 or younger, have to be on the 40-man roster to be protected within five years of being signed. So guys that are around 23, 22 years old need to be on that 40-man roster. And if you were signed at age 19 or older, which doesn't really happen that much, maybe some of those older prospects. I think Framber Valdez was in that 19-year-old range, some like around there. And so he would have to, he would have to have been protected after four years. So it's 18 or younger, five if you're 19 or older. When you're drafted or signed, you're gonna go in. You have to be with on. You have to be on the roster within four years. Okay, so how does that work? Give me a timeline for that. So I know it's coming up relatively soon, correct? Yeah, I think um, I think it's in December this year. Yeah, last season they only had the minor league phase. So there's two different phases: minor league and major league. Protection means the same on both. But I'll, I'll break down the minor league phase for a second. So in the minor league phase, it's the same same thing. If you're um, the five years, four years, depending on when you were draft, when you were signed, or when you were drafted. But in the minor league phase, you can be protected from being taken if you fit those if you fit the criteria by being added to the AAA roster. So you're protected from the major league phase by being on the forty man roster. You're protected from the minor league phase by being on the AAA roster. And so last season, this is a good example of Ronnie Dawson. He was an Astros outfielder that came up in April when there was that COVID outbreak in 2021. Didn't really get it going during the season. The Astros didn't see you know room for him moving forward. So they left him unprotected from the minor league phase. He was selected by the Reds. And when you're selected on the minor league phase, you don't you, you never get returned. You know, you're you're going there for another opportunity. And the Astros gave him another opportunity with the Reds, and he made it to the majors this year. So, you know, it was, it was a good thing for him. And there might be some guys the Astros do that with this year um, on the in the AAA team. I don't know yet. They don't really tell you who's getting moved off the roster or moved there. You kind of just find out. Like Ronnie Dawson getting taken was big news to me because I never saw in the transaction page that he was moved. But 
there might be some guys. I don't know off the top of my head who could who who that could be. I, I don't think Corey Jolks would be one. That's somebody I want to talk about a little later. So with that being said, let's kind of let's kind of talk about the Astros. They had somebody to protect or or not protect. What do you think about what the Astros did? Yeah, there were three guys inside the top uh the top three according to MLB pipelines prospects, prospect ranking. And it was Christian Gonzalez, who's in a high A shortstop. Um Corey Jolks, triple A outfielder, and then Jaden Murray, a double A pitcher. And, and Jaden Murray's name might come, might people might remember it because he was a part of the trade that brought Trey Mancini to Houston. He came over from the Rays, guy that Click probably worked with when he was in Tampa. And Jaden Murray's, you know, peripherals look good. He can get to the strikeout numbers up and he doesn't give out, doesn't walk many batters. Um, I think his was kind of interesting that they didn't protect him. Uh, it seemed like if Click was still at the helm, I think that guy, I think he was definitely there, especially with the space on the 40 man roster. They can look to remove guys later on, but he really seemed like a guy that, that could have gotten a spot. Um, Corey Jolks, that was a big surprise to me. I think if Corey Jolks was left handed, 100% guarantee he would have been on there. Big righty power hitters, really flashed the power in the last year and a half uh, off the development list in double A two years ago. And he just found that stroke of power. He went down to the West Palm Beach, I think. and they changed something on his swing, launch angle, something. But uh, power looked good, and he steals a lot of bases too. I think he's he's the first Sugarland Space Cowboy Skeeter to ever steal and hit two twenty home runs, twenty home runs, twenty stolen bases in the same season. Um, that was a real surprise to me. I, I don't think they leave him unprotected from the minor league phase, but he's definitely a guy that I think could be taken in the major league phase if he's not traded anytime soon. Well, actually, he can't be traded, so it's just I think he's. He's definitely going to be someone to to look out for that could be taken. Okay, so we talked about guys that weren't protected. Tell me a little bit about JP France and how he was protected. I know I I saw him personally at Sugarland as a starting pitcher. Didn't really look that great. I heard later on down the line he became a relief pitcher and turned into a totally different guy. Yeah, one thing I just want to throw out there about Christian Gonzalez is that you know, he, he wasn't protected either at high A shortstop. I think if they protected him, it would have been like Freitas Nova, who was on the 40-man roster last season, uh, you know, international signed player. They they believe in him. You know, he's a great glove. They just need to get that bat going. And I don't think he'll be selected at all. It might be selected in the minor league phase, but uh, I don't I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, but no, yeah, looking at JP France, I totally slipped my mind that he was real five eligible. He's been in the system, I think, since 2018. Uh, came out of Tulane. I think he pitched at Mississippi State too. Um, JP France, yeah, he, He's a strikeout machine. The guy can go five innings. You know, like you said, he was used to be a starter. And then out of nowhere, I was just looking at the the box score and he turned into a reliever. And that, that's perfectly fine. I think he's 28 years old now. Um, to really get that career going, he needs to be a reliever. And those strikeout numbers are really good. And he's a big whiff guy. He generates a lot of whiffs. I think it was a couple – I worked for the Space Cowboys this summer. I saw him pitch a handful of times. And it was something like – 14 whiffs in a, in a game, which is incredible for a triple A pitcher of his age and where he's been. And so I told, it totally slipped my mind. I, I've had some people that are close to him. I could have asked. And his wife actually told me that he got, uh, he was getting added to the roster and he received a phone call while he was exiting his deer stand. So he was deer hunting. He went to go pick up a buck and he got the phone call and he was so excited. And it kind of reminded me of, I can't remember who the quarterback was. It might've been Case Keenum. And that's Case exactly who. Yeah, it's Case Keenum with the Texans, and he got that phone call. He was asleep in a deer stand, and that's how he found out. So it reminded me of that, but it makes all the sense in the world. J.P. France definitely deserves that spot on the 40-man roster. So do you feel like he's somebody to look out for going into the next season, maybe something spring training, maybe make the bullpen, that sort of thing? Yeah, he's definitely going to – he didn't have a good spring training last year, and it's just – I think because he was facing major league guys as a starter, and 
it just things weren't clicking. And I know there's some frustration there with for him, but he's really shown that he can be a reliever. And I, I don't know if he'll make the roster initially. I wish they were doing the 28-man roster again that they've done the last two years in April and May. Um, he would definitely make it, in my opinion. He definitely deserves you know the look. But there's guys in front of him, too, that are going to get some looks, like Sean Dubin. Sean Dubin can go two, three innings just like J.P. France can. And wicked fastball can touch 100. Just got back from like a forearm injury. So, you know, he, he's going to be up there too. But those two guys are definitely some dark horses to make the roster. I just also don't know where the bullpen stands. The bullpen's like almost the exact same as it was this past season. You know, they got Rafael Montero back. You know, what are they going to do with the rotation too? Is Hunter Brown going to start in the bullpen? You, you just don't know yet. I, I don't think JP's, I don't know, he's not going to make the initial roster, the 26 man, but definitely got to come up, you know, here and there whenever they need somebody on the taxi squad or just someone to fill in for injury. Okay, so hypothetically, a guy gets picked. How does this process work? Is there compensation for the team that the guy got picked from? How, how does that How does that kind of play out? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, I think it was 2020, December 2020. So there wasn't a Rule 5 draft last year because there was no CBT or uh, there was no, uh, sorry, not CBT, CBA. There was no agreement between the teams. There was only the minor league phase. Astros got some guys, nothing really panned out. One guy I would throw out there before we say that is Seth Martinez was a real five draft pick in 2020. And he's, you know, turned into a high, a high leverage guy and like one of the best bullpens in the, the league. Um, but yeah, so in 2020, the Astros didn't protect Jose Alberto Rivera, who's he's, I think he's in high A now. I think he faced another injury, just another um, obstacle in his, in the course, but he got taken by the angels and the angels. If you, Try to put them in, back in the minors, or you you're not going to have them anymore. You can't put you can put them on the injured list, but they have to be on the roster. They have to be on the 26 man roster the whole time. And they realized they couldn't do it, so they sent him back to the Astros. And I think the Astros have to play, pay a hundred thousand dollars. Let me I'm reading this again right now. Um, so yeah, so the you pay a hundred thousand dollars when you take a player, but when the player is returned, the Astros have to, the Astros paid fifty thousand dollars back to the Angels. So they got Alberto Rivera back. So it kind of weighs out the money they lost. Um, that's kind of where it is. It's very wishy-washy. It makes all the sense in the world to have this so teams don't hoard some of the best prospects and manipulate service time. But um, it's $100,000 when you select a player in the major league phase, and it's $50,000 and when you return it. And that's that's pretty much about it. So I was going to ask about the three guys that you talked about that they didn't protect. I guess the the one main question is, do you see somebody coming for these guys? And if so, what was the, what do you think? I mean, obviously we'll never know because we weren't in the room, but what would you think was the rationale for not protecting uh, Jaden Murray, Christian Gonzalez, or Corey Jokes? I wouldn't say it's not because they don't have a general manager right now because, they, you know, Jim Crane's not, I don't think he's making these decisions to protect guys. There's, you know, the assistant GM's in there. I don't know everyone's name, but you know, they're definitely, you know, pulling the strings right now and telling him what to do and what they're going to do. And I just don't, I don't, the Corey Jolks thing is a real head scratcher to me. Uh, there's still four, I think they're 36 on the 40 man roster right now. And they had four spots. Uh, I think it kind of shows that they're going to try to sign some, you know, some good guys this off season, try to get Dr Justin Verlander back if they can go after another catcher, maybe, you know, an experienced catcher, left fielder, lefty hitter, you know, first baseman, there's all these different things that could go, but Corey Jolks, felt like a lock in my opinion of, of those three when I wasn't even thinking of JP France I would have taken Corey Jolkson I think he's going to get taken in the major league phase I think a team that could he's majorly ready I think of the guys that were in triple a this year he really got the shorthand you know guys like David Hensley got called up but Corey Jolks did and he was doing the same amount of production but he can only play third base in the three outfield positions 
Um, but if the team's out there looking for a fourth outfielder and they can stick him on the 26 man roster to start off and they liked what they saw in Sugarland, I, I think it could happen. And I, I don't think the Astros would ever leave him unprotected from the AAA phase or fr- from the minor league phase. Cause I think that would just be a waste. Cause he's definitely has trade value, even though he's like 25, 26 years old. Do you feel the same way about uh, Jaden Murray or Christian Gonzalez that either one of those could be taken as well? Uh, I talked to Christian Gonzalez actually right before the draft and he was very anxious. You know, I think he was thinking like, Oh, maybe I will get protected. There's spots open for me. And I, I don't think Christian Gonzalez gets taken, could get taken in the uh, minor league phase. Um, but it, it just really depends on what the team's seeing him. The, the bat's not really there, but great glove. He can, I know that there's some minor league baseball scouts that kind of see him that he could play some right field too. If shortstop's not in the, the end game for him, but the bat needs to keep get going and he keeps getting bigger. I think he's six, three, six, four now, hundred and almost over 200 pounds. But, um, the guy, I, I, it just, I don't think the Astros want to waste another 40 man roster spot like they did with Freitas Nova all season in 2021. And that kind of is where they were with Christian Gonzalez. Guy like Jaden Murray, it made sense to protect him. Uh, I think he's going to start next season in AAA. Looked really good in like the minimal three or four starts that he had with the Astros in AA this year. And I think there he might be a guy that they try to turn into a reliever as well. You know, if they get two innings out of him, three innings out of him, kind of on the older end too, 25. Um, but I, I really thought that Corey Jokes out of those three was a lock to be protected. Now, I know it kind of, you know, I'm obviously you're you're well versed with what the team looks like, the roster and that sort of thing. You can't see the Astros pulling some player from somebody, would you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I I don't think I think at the minor league phase they'll go after some lefties. If there's if there's a good lefty in there, like, you know, it's about 24 or 23 years old in double A for some random club and they see something that projects well, you know, maybe good whiffs, low those uh soft contact like they got austin davis they signed him yesterday guy has great soft contact maybe the fastball is not up there anymore like it was but that's a guy that they can mold into something and i think that's what they did with seth martinez they really they they transformed that slider he has and they made him really a threat against right-handed hitters and so there's definitely going to be someone they take you know it could be two or three guys Um, i'm trying to remember some of the guys they took last year um one of them they released like two months into the season, Ruben Garcia, it's the only one that really comes to mind. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some guys they lose in double A. And, um, but I think they'll go after some lefty guys, maybe some, you know, shortstops project well. You know, you, you can take a shortstop from somebody, you can put them anywhere. You can play shortstop. I, I believe you can play almost any position in baseball and shortstop or center field. And so maybe some shortstops, but I think pitchers is where, you, where you're going to go with this one. Uh, you know, the Astros I've seen that they don't have a lot of depth at the lefty pitcher position and so i would say that they try to find someone that they can mold and turn into something good i sir i really appreciate it like like i said i really didn't know a whole lot about the rule five draft this is this is this really awesome it's it's one of those things that i think doesn't get enough attention because you hear all the time about guys being rule five guys and that's like you know just just being in the change of scenery or getting a chance where they're super blocked and i mean i feel like this is an opportunity for like you said, Corey jokes to maybe find his stride and then we'll, we'll not be happy about finding out that he's raking for someone else, when he could have been in left field for the Astros. Uh, I really, I, I know we wanted to talk about the rule five draft, but I would like to get your input on what you think of this off season. What do you think of the Astros going forward? What moves they could make things of that nature. Um, I was a big Anthony Rizzo guy, I, even though you're losing a second round pick and I think it was like five fifty thousand $50,000, $500,000 in, 
international spending. I know that's a that's a hard hit, but I really was a big guy on Anthony Rizzo. I think they need a lefty bat badly. And I know that I saw the report from MLB.com that if they sign Michael Brantley, they might wait it out until spring training, see how that shoulder actually looks. And I know he was throwing a little bit. I don't know if he's taking any swings um, in the last month. We used, you know, the guys were training in Minute Maid Park, but uh, I think they need a lefty bat badly. And a guy like Andrew Benatendi comes to mind. I know he's coming off an injury as well, but um, I think a lefty bat is going to make them all the sense in the world. I am not the biggest guy on Jordan playing left field for a while. And I know that's something that the Astros are considering too, but I think he had four uh, DRS defensive run saved and that's good and all, but you know, he's, he's known for the bat and they, they can't lose him. You know, if those knees kind of get a little, uh, worn out in left field, uh, pitching wise, I think Justin Verlander is gone. I think he's a Dodger now. Uh, he's going to end his career in LA, but it depend, you know, saying from what Jim Crane had to say about the contract that he wanted. It's just, I'm not, I'm not really like looking at that right now. I, I here and there, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know if there's a lefty reliever out there that they might want to go at. You know, they've after signing Austin Davis kind of felt like a Zach Ross cup Adam Adam Morgan move that they did last, last spring for those further evaluations, but a lot of guys in the system that could make a splash. And I thought Corey Jolks was one of them. I thought he could be some outfield depth, but uh, looking forward, you know, looking toward the rest of the season, the rest of the off season. I don't think Wilson is the guy for the Astros either, but could be someone out there to trade for, you know, I, I haven't really heard anything, but you know, left field first base seems like the way to go. So you spoke about uh, Rizzo and I totally agree. Uh, a lefty power bat is exactly what the lineup needs. What do you think is the, is the solution at first base? Is it as simple as just, you know, bring Yuli back on a team for a new contract? I, me personally, I've been, you know, t- talking with some people and I think that Yuli definitely would be a great piece to have back, but I kind of wonder if maybe he could fit into that super utility role a la Ledmus Diaz, where you can move them all over the diamond. Another name that I saw just, you know, going through Twitter, kind of curious what you think, uh, possibly making a move to get Christian Walker out of Arizona, maybe send her Keedy that way. What do you think about something like that? Yeah, I, Christian Walker was definitely a guy I liked at the deadline too, you know, going after someone from Arizona, maybe grabbing, you know, a reliever that they had. They have some, you know, pretty experienced arms at, in that bullpen. Um, but, you know, here and there, I, I think – you look at the other guys um, that are currently free agents, Jose Abreu, Josh Bell, uh, Brandon Belt, Trey Mancini. I don't think Mancini's coming back, but someone like Jose Abreu is kind of an upgrade from uh, Yuli. And I don't know. I don't even know. I don't think this is talked enough, talked about enough, but you know, how far is Yuli Gurriel's injury going to take, you know, how long is it going to take for him to kind of recover? You know, I, I think it was like a strained meniscus or something like that. And his right knee or left knee. And, it's just something that I've, I haven't really heard any coverage about. I don't know if that's something that's worth looking into more, but I think Jose Abreu is the way to go. In my opinion, I think he fits this team. Well, um, you know, he's, I think he, you know, he wants to play first base and they can put him there you know, and he doesn't want to play DH anymore. His defense has gotten better. He's really adapting to the game, not really looking for those power numbers as much, but he's getting on base a lot at a higher clip and he's walking a little bit more. And, you know, you, you give a guy who was known for a power bat the last couple of years, 2020 MVP, you know, give him that, that short porch in left field. And, you know, I think he'll do well. Not to mention he'd be in a lineup that would just be so long and he would bat six where he would normally bat third for Chicago mm-hmm. or anybody else. Definitely. And I I think a guy like that just, you know, I've just kind of looked more at was Brandon Belt. And if they want like a safe option and Brandon Belt, maybe I know he's a lefty too. And he's coming off like a knee injury. I don't know if he had surgery on it, but um he missed some time this year i don't know if he's going back to the giants or not but maybe brandon belt could be another guy that they be, could be looking at 
are you, I, I guess, what is your take on left field? Do you feel that that's as simple as Michael Brantley called a day? Uncle Mike's going to go back there. Uh, could it be Ben attendee? Do you think maybe move Chaz to left and find a center fielder? What do you think about their outfield options going forward? Yeah, I saw a meme that was something about oh, the Yankees signed Rizzo. Crane's going to take Judge from them instead. And if you did that, Judge in center, McCormick in left, you on a DH, you know, the easiest <laughs> easiest choice in the world there. But uh, no, I think if they sign Ben Attendee, he's playing left field and you take that stress off of Jordan's knees, he'll just play, he'll just DH all the time. And, you know, I, I was a big Benny fan when he was in, in Boston. You know, I know he made that catch against the Astros and the guy is, you know, here and there wishy-washy if he's going to be an all-star his first all-star game was with Kansas City this past year but uh, I like Benny um, but yeah you know, I think if Michael Brantley comes back I think he's going to see more time at DH than you know left field I, I don't know how much that shoulder injury is really going to affect him but I think it was on his non-throwing shoulder anyways but um, I would say if you know if they do go after Brantley at the you know spring training and bring him back I think Jordan's still going to see more of the lion's share in left field um, I know Chandler Rome reported that from the uh, GM meetings in Las Vegas and uh, if that's really where they're going to be, but that was also with um, James click at the helm. So I, I don't really know where they're going with that. What do you think is the answer a backup catcher? Since uh, we know that Maldi's back, you know, is that as simple as plug Corey Lee and leave it be, or do they go and make a splash on the, in the, in the market as well? Yeah. I, I, I believe Christian Vasquez is a Red Sox. I think he's going back there. You know, it's, it just feels so right. The guy is a Red Sox at heart. He's going to be a Red Sox for life. He's going to retire a Red Sox somehow. Uh, looking at, you know, the, the free agents out there, Roberto Perez, Omar Narvaez, Gary Sanchez, Wilson. I don't think he's an Astro. They didn't like him. You know, some of the guys in the, in the front office didn't like him. I know James Glick liked him and, you know, his kids company liked him, but um I don't know yet. Uh, I think when you look at who the Astros have, you know, Gainer Diaz, Corey Lee, those are the catchers of the future. And if you start the season, I think you're, you're going to take Corey Lee. The people didn't notice this, but Corey Lee had a really good stretch there at the end of the season, the latter half in October and September, faced a small injury at the end of the season that I guess he kind of got over because he got added to the World Series roster when Yuli got hurt. But, um, you know, he, he's looking good and the bat's really coming around. He's getting more consistent, walking a little bit more. So if they don't sign anyone, I think it's easy as that. Plug Lee in there, let Yiner have another couple months down in AAA and see where, you know, how he's doing. Because if he's going to be mashing, you're going to bring him up. I totally agree. I, I kind of feel like the, the in-house solution is definitely where the Astros need to go, especially with the catcher, especially if you feel like there's an opportunity to maybe compete for Justin Verlander. I think that the Benatendi option in, in left field would be interesting. I'm kind of curious as to where his heart's at. Like, is he looking to win a ring? Is he looking to make the most money? I think that the Astros are probably going to be frugal. Maybe that's just the way I feel. I can't see them being really splashy with the money unless it's to go get Verlander. Because I, I for some reason, there's just a part of me that believes that Jim Crane has this setup in his mind where Justin Verlander walks into Cooperstown with an Astros cap on and he's there and you know it's 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 his first Hall of Famer you know what I mean if you look at the body of work that Justin's done in Houston his accolades the the rings the Cy Youngs all of that stuff speaks to the Astros even though he spent more time in Detroit so I really feel like while there's no reason to sign Justin Verlander money-wise you have five guys six guys 
more than capable. It just seems like the shiny toy that he wants to play with. I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I believe you. I, I really think that we know that there's that relationship there between the two, and that's really what got JV to come back last season on that you know two-year deal with the, the player option. And, you know, there's four roster spots open. When we said that earlier, you know, we thought maybe, you know, Corey Jokes get protected and you still have three more roster spots open. And I think those are open because they're going to make some moves. You know, they're going to sign some guys. And that was a really interesting question. That's a good question you asked me is like, could the Astros take somebody in the Rule 5 draft? And if, you know, if a left-handed outfielder, you know, utility guy is there, um, I think they could. You know, there's four roster spots open for a reason. They're going to make some moves. They're going to make the team better. And especially, you know, I think – Crane's going to have more free will without a GM there telling him kind of like where he should and shouldn't agree to. And I think without somebody like truly making the moves, you know, trade wise and signing wise, I think Crane's going to go after what he wants. So I've got one last question and, and I can't, I don't even have an answer to it myself because I can't wrap my head around it. Where do the Astros go for a GM? Who's the guy? Is there, is there a name? There's, there's, there were whispers about, I read, I heard something on seven ninety about, uh, AJ Hinch was was an idea for for some people, I guess. Uh, David Stearns, I think he was a you know a disciple of Luno. So I'm just really wondering where do they go for GM? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I I, I also heard the AJ Hinch thing. Um, that was something that um, Michael Schwab reported, and you know guys like David Stearns. David Stearns is going to stay another year with Milwaukee. You know he's committed to that. He's not going to go anywhere. Uh, Mike Elias, guy in Baltimore, who was a disciple of. Uh, Luno as well and you know I don't think he's going to leave Baltimore Baltimore's got something good you know brewing there um the only only other guy that I know the Astros have been um connected to is Sig uh Mydell who's the assistant to Mike Elias in Baltimore and another disciple of Jeff Luno another former Astros guy and there's a lot of former Astros guys in that Baltimore front office you know from GM to you know minor league field coordinator I don't I'm just making that up but you know anywhere inside that Orioles front office there's a handful of Astros connections and um I think Mydell is probably the guy to go with here if if uh Crane just doesn't become the GM this year like he's Jerry Jones see a lot of people feel that that negatively and I kind of like you know what it's his money and I I almost think that baseball's a little bit different in that aspect because the GM while they are very versed in like baseball operations and stuff like that in football or in baseball. And then in football, in baseball, I feel like they've got so many guys around them that, that an owner can kind of just do it. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see how it all plays out. I, I kind of like your take with, with going with the SIG from Baltimore. I don't think it's any coincidence at all, at all that Baltimore, since they, they got their hands on, on some of the Astros front office guys have started to go in, in, in an upward direction and they look like they're going to be a dangerous team Maybe next year they, they've got a lot of money to spend. Maybe definitely the year after was a lot of these young guys getting a lot of uh, experience. So with that being said, I really appreciate your time. Do you have any final thoughts on the rule five draft or the Astros in general before we close it up? Um, I would say keep up with some of those prospects. If you have time in the Dominican winter league, Puerto Rican winter league, Pedro Leon's off to a hot start right now. And his, uh, is the manager for the team he's playing for is Alex Cintron, the Astros hitting coach. So yeah, that's probably something good for his future, especially looking to maybe make the roster, the 40-man roster next season, get a September call-up. I totally agree. Pedro Leon's a guy that's kind of been on a lot of people's radar for a while. I think his strikeout numbers are a little high, if I if I remember correctly, and that's really the only knock on him. 
I, I saw a play just before we got together where he gunned a guy down from center field, throwing over a hundred miles an hour. So he's got a cannon. He can definitely, you know, play defense. It's just a question if the bat will carry. Um, with that being said, thank you so much for your time. Please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can check out your work and see what you're doing. Yeah, you can find me on Inside the Astros on Twitter. Uh, it's si.com uh, backslash Astro or backslash MLB backslash Astros. You can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. And then we're getting the podcast back up uh, since the season's over on Astros Future. So Jimmy Price and I uh, will have some good interviews with some minor leaguers and prospects this off season if you want to hear those. Definitely check that out. I, I, that, that's uh, definitely a place to get all your minor league information. I, I've checked it out that, you know, when you think you need to know about guys coming up, you know, like David Hensley, for example, that's the place you're going to find out about them before they ever see the Houston Astros roster. Thanks again for your time, Kenny. And we'll see you next time on Astros baseball. What's so special about hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.